I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll tell you what I think. What's that you're saying? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. Shh. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Listen. Shut up and listen. Perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. Yes. Because that then you can move in whatevs, like whatever the fuck. Um, Just don't sit up like too tall because then you kind of can't be put out with the train. I would never. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> I was I was listening to NPR this morning mm. about uh, Boris. Mm. <laughs> Are you happier out? Well, I mean, it's not like I've come to anywhere that's much better staying. No, it's um, it's 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 not. But it's just weird. We're good to go. All right. <clears throat> Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. I am so happy to have you here. Welcome, Mr. Oliver Stark. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited. Um so, I mean, everybody knows you, obviously, from the acclaimed show 911, um, which is was created or executive produced by Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, do I start there? Because, like, all I really want to hear about is you climbing. Um, uh, sure. We got that? Perfect. Sure. My apologies. This is old time radio. Apparently. <clears throat> so, so we're going to take this again. Yeah, huh? All right. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Shut Up and Listen, brought to you by We Don't Know Yet. Um, <laughs> I'm really, really excited to have our, our, our guest today oliver north welcome thank you for my god i just called you oliver north i have oliver i wondered if that was a nickname that i just no 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 i mean well here's here's something that's interesting because a first of all it's not the atrocious horrible being oliver north where i'm talking with the beautiful ineffable oliver stark um, well, I mean, Starks in the north, and I, I see the connection. I see where your mind went. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Good save. Ah, King Good of the dig, North. Dig, dig your way out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. Well, it's well, at least for me, I um, quite often am a literalist. Okay. So somebody had said to me the other day, I was like, "Well, how are you?" And he was like, "Well, you know, like." I'm great. I'm above ground and da da da. And I was like, well, it's not always the best thing to be above ground because then I'm thinking of like nuclear fallout and I would rather be underground for a situation like that. 
He um, was probably not. He wasn't prepared, prepared for that. For that. Uh-huh. Um, but most people aren't, which is why I'm hardly invited to dinner parties. And they're overrated anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I never go. Do you not go because you're not invited, or because? Um, I feel like I don't get invited to a lot of things. But that's maybe because I spent so many years saying no to things or just not turning up that now people are like, let's not even bother. Just because I'm quite socially awkward. Okay. Um, and for example, my neighbor, I, I moved recently and I have a really nice neighbor. Uh, he, he seems like a really cool guy. He's had a couple of house parties since we moved and he invites us every time. And I'm like, I want to go. I just can't do it. Like, I, I don't know, there's something in me that is like, oh, but what if, uh, and I just but stay home. But what's the fear? I don't know. And whenever I do end up going to something, I usually have a good time. Yeah. But it's just, like, I, I used to, really, when I first moved to LA, like, people would invite me out to stuff, and I would go, but I would, like, throw up beforehand. I would be so nervous, even if it's just me and friends. Like, there's no new people. I just had real social anxiety, and I'm, I'm much better with it now. Because I got it into my head that once you get there, it's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I've always been quite anxious about that that kind of thing. That's so I I that's so interesting, and I I identify to a certain point. I I haven't gotten to the point of anxiety when going out that I vomit. Mm-hmm. However there's almost this internal seizing mm-hmm. that happens where the heart rate starts to yeah. elevate and it, and it, it's not even anything specific it's not even that i have a worst case scenario in my mm-hmm. head that is verbally happening it's not like they're all going to laugh no, at you yeah no totally you know it's just a silent void of terror yeah I, I I totally agree. It's, it's not that I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to get there and my worst enemy is going to be there or, or whatever. You know, it's just I'm going to get there. And I, I, I often have a thing like when I meet people, even if it's a friend for lunch, like, yeah. what am I going to talk about? I, I, I don't I don't know. What am I going to say? What, what are we going to talk? We're just going to be sat there in silence. Oh, my gosh. Which is never, ever the case. But I just can't get this irrational fear out of my head and it kind of permeates through all social interactions so then how do you audition that's okay yeah i i it's a different thing for me like i've, I've kind of always had that i can be quite shy one-on-one but put me like in a room of people and i feel like when i was younger it was like a chance to show off yeah Whereas now I just, I, I, I don't see it that way, obviously, but it's like a, a chance to perform and, and do this thing that we want to do, right? So, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a different category of interaction. Um, so I don't get anywhere near as nervous as I do simply going out for a drink or something. Oh, wow. That's, that is very interesting to me. That, because it, it, it makes me think then that the, because you, how do you um, look at yourself as an actor? You know, I mean, we all have like our different versions, like some people study on like, you know, Uta Hagen mm-hmm. or Strasberg or, you know, uh, starts with an M. 
Meisner. Because I'm just thinking, I I went through a period where I would have severe panic attacks before auditions. Mm -hmm. Atrocious, awful. That's when I would vomit. That's when I would, and I didn't have it for a very long time, and then I did. Um, And I feel as though it was because my personality as me, as as Heather was um, not letting the character flow through. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that, and, and really nine times out of 10 because I wasn't connecting with the character, but I felt mm-hmm. forced to go yeah. in for something that I didn't feel I was right for. Okay. And that betrayal of, of, yeah. It, yeah. And that there was that betrayal of self. I feel that I looking back mm-hmm. right in the second, I can be like, Oh, okay. That's, that's what that was. Yeah. I mean, there's always that, that balance to strike right between having to do it because you're trying to build a career mm-hmm. and, and you know, if, if I get this job, it's another credit on my resume or whatever it is. And then the other side of that is, but is this the path I want to go down artistically? Is mm-hmm. it true to what I want to do? And and it's that balance between, you know, feeling like an artist and, and trying to create your own artistry and it being a business. And and that relationship I think is quite unique. Yes. Um and and that struggle is very much a part of I think trying to define yourself as an actor. Um but process wise I've gone through many different iterations of, of myself as an actor. I, I did a Meisner course once. I, I've done many things. Um, I went through this real period where I was like, I'm not going to do any work. It's all going to be instinct. Not recommended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I, 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 so when I was 18, mm-hmm. I applied for uh, a lot of the drama schools back home. And I got into a couple which is like a really cool achievement. You know, there's like 25 people per course and they have thousands of applicants. So it was like a real amazing thing to get this place. And uh, one of the schools offered me a scholarship and it was like, this is huge. And and I didn't take it um, because I realized, I, I remember it very clear, uh, very clearly getting the call and the guy, you know, telling me this information and, and I was going to get the, it's called the Dada scholarship, the dance and drama award. And I remember I said, Okay, great, thanks. And he was like, "Are you okay?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm great." Um, and he went, "No, just the last few people I've like screamed down the phone when when I let them know." And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, no, it's great, thank you." Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not really a scream kind of person. Um, but then I realized it wasn't like I I didn't have my heart set on it. Mm on going to drama school. Okay. And and it wasn't until a little bit later that I realized why, but at the time I just thought, if this isn't totally what I want to do right now, is it maybe wrong to take that place from somebody that's going to scream down the phone? Um, and then as I kind of was able to think on that a bit more, I realized that a lot of friends that I had had that went to drama school in the UK um, felt like they had a certain kind of rawness beaten out of them and, and broken down and then built up into the drama school's mold of, of what it meant to be an actor, which is fine and, and totally works for some people. But I felt at that time, like my rawness was my greatest attribute. And if I lost that, then, then what was I going to be? Because 
and this this sounds almost weird to say, but I think some people look at me as a leading man, as like a quite kind of a classic leading man. And but I, I don't feel like that. I feel like something much edgier and rougher around the edges, certainly in my own view of myself. And I didn't want that taken away from me. Mm. Um, so now when I approach auditions, it is a case of what can I bring to this that is inherently part of my experience and and 911 my my current job for example i remember sitting in the waiting room and which was something that usually very much intimidates me was that i knew pretty much every other face in there like that's oh, i know his work oh he's a name he's going to get it and and i wasn't but this time i wasn't intimidated because i had i'd been through a year of no work and and really had started to question whether or not I was going to be able to continue. Um, and that was almost freeing because it meant that I just brought myself to things and made stronger choices. So I sat in this waiting room and I just thought, you're all great actors. None of you are going to bring to this what I bring to this, which doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Exactly. Yeah. But I know that my reading is going to be different from every single one of you because none of you have lived my life, have had my experiences. They each have their own and will bring that. But I just know that they're going to be different. So now when I get something, I, I think about, yeah, bringing that part of myself to it, which I think when you're starting out as an actor, you think you have to lose every part of yourself. But obviously that's not the case. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about bringing yourself to it. And so, yeah, now, now that's kind of how I approach work and, and figure my way into things. Um, you know, for auditions, I, I don't get all that nervous. It's when I get the job if I get the job really? that I tend to think, yeah, I'm very confident going into auditions and then much less confident going into a job. Why? Because you don't really have anything to lose in an audition, I guess. Um, you go in and you do your stuff and either you get it or you don't. And three people in the room might see it. If it's, if it's awful, it's not that tape isn't going any further. Um, if I get the job and, however many millions of people are watching each, each week and I'm messing that up, there's a lot more at stake. Um, and I also, yeah, I just think if I, if I mess this job up, what if I never get another one? What if I'm blacklisted? And so, yeah, I get, I get much more nervous and insecure about the job than the audition. <laughs> I've, I've, I, I feel as though that is the first time I've ever heard um, an actor I've spoken with say that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I assume yeah. you feel that way. Really? No, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't like to audition. I, mm -hmm. I really don't. Well, no. Let me be more specific with that. I feel like I've gotten to a point in my career and my life that <clears throat> when it's something that I relate to, that I identify with, then I'm like, yes, let's go in and have mm -hmm. some fun. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I just, I, it, I can't do it. I can't. I, mm -hmm. And that's really the truth to, to what I said earlier. I can't betray self in that mm -hmm. way anymore, you know, because, um, yes, there is something to be said about bringing self. And for me, in my experience with the history of my work, 
I think that there's sometimes that when people have this idea of who you are, but you are mm-hmm. no longer that person mm-hmm. and they're trying to fit you into a mold that you no longer identify with, no longer relate to, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it creates a, a discord. But once I get a job, please, yeah, I am there because uh. it, because I know that I was hired for a reason, you know, it's like, I, I know I'm an incredible actor mm-hmm. and I, and I say that with confidence. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I am an incredible fucking brilliant actor. I envy like, that. And I, I know that because a, if I, there's nothing else that I desire to do, mm-hmm. you know, um, in terms of, in terms of telling story and, and I I love actors in general, yeah. you know, um, and I think that there's a difference too between being like an actor and being a celebrity. There's 100%. a big difference between Absolutely. being a working actor and being a movie star mm-hmm. versus also then being a celebrity, which is its own thing mm-hmm. that I don't understand and I don't know that I ever will. Sure. Um, there's like some weird watered down bastardization. I feel that's, that's, um, seeped into the storytelling world but I, I i guess it's historically kind of always been that way yeah uh, yeah i think i think we're maybe more conscious of those lines being blurred now because of social media mm-hmm. but i think always it's this is a, a thought i'm having for the first time but you're right i think that probably has always been there being popular in one medium has always meant that you were able to probably cross over into another. Yeah. And then I guess that goes back to what we were saying about the business. You yeah, know, uh, absolutely. And the artists. Ab- absolutely. And that, and, and that is, um, <clears throat> because really at the, when did you know a, that you desire to be an actor? What was it for you that connected you to storytelling in such a way that you were like, I don't, I don't want to write it. I don't mm-hmm. want to direct it. I don't want to produce it. I just want to act. So I, I don't know if there was ever like a conscious decision. Um, so like what, for example, so when I was 18, mm-hmm. I was in London, uh, and before I applied for drama schools, yeah. I had a place at university to go and study economics. Um, and then I decided I didn't want to do that, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I had always been involved in um, drama lessons and at school at theater studies and stuff. And I, I'd always been in school plays, but that was never going to be my career. Yeah. It was just something I enjoyed. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to do after I, I decided not to go to university. So I just started working different jobs and, and I worked like many different jobs. I sold video games. I worked in call centers. I was a cleaner. I was a door-to-door salesman. I, like I, I've done things Yeah. because I just, I didn't know. Um, and then I, I, I realized, yeah, that I had always enjoyed being on stage at school. Yeah. So I started auditioning for student short films. Okay. To just, I guess, 
ease my way and see, oh, do I still enjoy this? And, and you know, I'd never done anything on camera before, so it was going to be a different skill and, and maybe it was going to be different the way that I enjoyed it. But I, but I, I still loved it. Um, and it was from there that it just kind of grew and grew. And looking back at it now, something that I'm realizing, and this kind of ties into the social anxiety thing. Yeah. So through seeing a therapist here in, in California, like realizing that I've kind of always lived my life through a bit of a mask. And he was like, at one point he was like, well, now you've just taken that to the highest extreme. You've made it your job. And I was like, oh yeah. So maybe that has always been my path. Uh, I just was figuring it out. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That, yeah, that, that, yeah. So you, I, I think what you're going to say there is that mm. actually in some sense, when you're acting, you're kind of taking that mask off, right? You're revealing yourself. Mm. Mm. But it is also revealing yourself via another person, via another character, right? So it's more, it's more, I certainly feel more liberated and, and just that I have more freedom to explore parts of myself yes, through someone else. Absolutely. And, but here's the, and here's the truth though, right? The, the the people that are my core they know me mm -hmm. they know me um i think that there's with all of this you know be yourself be a hundred percent authentic i feel that there is a, a sacredness to just our, our experience as beings, right? In terms of what we share, how we share with whom and when, mm -hmm. you know, not everybody is going to be worthy of sure. knowing your, your true self. Yes. In that, in that way. And on top of that, like, I'm still learning who I mm -hmm. am. I feel like that's an evolving ever going process. Um, but when it, it comes to work, you know, and yes, to a certain degree, we are putting a mask on self. But at the end of the day, people don't go to the movies and people don't watch TV to, to see, you know, I'm going to actually amend this statement. Okay. I feel that the people that are continually the most successful... <clears throat> Like I eat someone like a Meryl Streep, mm -hmm. right? We continually watch her and continually love her because she allows us to see ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what actors do. Yeah. We are literally a reflection and a mirror for an audience. We allow people to see themselves. And, and in that way, I feel... what there's almost nothing better in in the sense of i am revealing my deepest mm -hmm. sense of self to you and i'm getting to do that through a character that i'm playing yeah and there's like there's an alchemy that happens i think more and i'm curious to know about this for you when i read a script i either get it and i'm engaged or i'm not that's it. Mm -hmm. It's very black and white. There is no gray. 
um, because the energy of the character is either on the page or it's not. Mm -hmm. That because that's how I connect with it, and if it's not there, it's impossible to. If I'm not given any kind of starting point, sure. You know, if I'm not given any kind of emotional framework on the page. But, but is that not possibly an opportunity to create it yourself? Well, I'll say this. It makes the job of the actor that much harder. Sure. And if it's like a doctor going into surgery, right? But if they don't have the chart in front of them to know whether it's mm -hmm. going to be the left kidney or yeah, the right yeah, yeah, kidney yeah. or whatever, if they're allergic to cortisol, like whatever it is. You mean they, they can remove a kidney? But yeah. Are they removing, are they the moving right in the right direction? And that's sure. the thing. So it's if I'm not being given any assistance or any help, well, then clearly you either don't know who the character is, mm -hmm. in which case you're just calling in a, a bunch of people to try to figure it out, mm -hmm. in which case, please don't waste my time yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's not what I am here for. Yeah. And, and if you tell me who the character is and I believe in that, then I'll, I'll bring that yes, to you. And then I will bring you something yeah. in addition, mm -hmm. you know, and... And sometimes, and that's why it's like when things are on the page and then you get to have those inspired moments where it's like, it's missing something, but what is it? She needs, she needs, he needs to be doing something. What is it? And sometimes it's as simple as a bag of candy mm -hmm. that you're eating throughout a scene. Mm -hmm. It doesn't call for that, but there's, there's an energy, no, for sure. there's a beat. You know, and, and so for you, like when you read a script, um, how do you, how do you come at it? What is it that you respond to? I, I like the way you, you, you talk about the energy, right? Yeah. And, and being able to feel it. And, and I, I'm trying to become, cause I spent my first five, six years not at all being discerning when it comes to, is this a good script or not? Just, I wanted a job. And now for the first time, I'm able to look a little bit more and, and, and consider mm -hmm. and think about if it is something I want to do. So this is the first time that I'm really having thoughts about scripts like this. Before it was just like, yes, I've got an audition. Yeah, God, Maybe I'm going to be able to get a job and eat again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I get, I, now I think there are a number of things that go into a decision of, do I want to read for this part? Which is one, has it got a good message? Like not just the character, but the, the script as a whole, like, do I want to be a part of this? Um, which are a couple of things that came my way during our recent hiatus that I didn't, I, 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 I don't think they're necessary or putting out there what the world needs right now. And what is that? And what is that for you? Like, what is your idea of a quote unquote good message? Um, has good representation in it. Mm -hmm. More so than just diversity, but like representation as well, showing people in positive lights. Um, I think reflect being reflective of 
the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just not a movie that I've seen a hundred times yeah. and has, has told me the story already yeah. from the same point of view. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that's a big one. And then, and then when it goes into the character, see, I, I think we come at it from very different points, right? So for example, you sit here and you're like, I know I'm a fucking great actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know that about myself. I'm, I'm still, I, 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 I'm so jealous when you say that because I so want to get to that point. But I've also had 30 years. Well, that's to, I, I think I will hopefully experience. get to that yeah. point. Yeah. But also like the truth of it is I don't even know who I am. Yeah. So I'm almost discovering myself through certain parts. Absolutely. Like yes. a part might have something in it that I do really connect to. And I think, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that I had that in me, but I really relate to this. This is true. And so, so if a part can do that for me, I want it because, because, and maybe that's selfish because I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to play this part because it's going to help me evolve. Oh my God. But, but I think that's, but, oh, sure, I don't mean selfish in a, in a, in a bad way, but that's certainly, you know, tinged with, a. Uh, carrying me forward as a person um so yeah i i think that's one of the most important things that there's some piece of myself that i can find in it even if i didn't even realize that i had that in me but it's just it's just a, a something a feeling a spark when you're reading it i get this i know this i can do this and then what about the because i the, what about then does that also work for those shadow aspects within self for you in regards to for you to read a script and you relate to a character but in a way where it's oh this is showing me something about myself that i don't necessarily mm-hmm. like and this is probably something that i did is that something that you put as much attention and um i'm i'm forgetting the word um stalking so that's that's a really interesting question for me right now because um on 911 i play a character called buck who is for me an absolute joy to play he is has a lot of different layers all at the same time. Not that I'm saying I put in, but that are there on the page. Mm -hmm. You know, he is in one aspect, he's very cocky and very full of himself. And then on another aspect, he's like, he'll, he's very, very sensitive, very vulnerable. And it's so cool. He's a child. He is. He's like the little puppy dog. I I think it's so cool. You know, me in my, I was about to say mid twenties, late twenties. Like there aren't many, parts for guys my age i find that where you get to be like the swashbuckling hero and then you get to go and cry and so i think it's really cool to get to show that you can be all of those things in one yes i love love playing this part but what's really interesting at the moment is that i'm trying to as oliver rid myself of ego because i find that it is something that very much like i have and, and I know that sounds contradictory to what I just said, because on one mm. aspect, I have no confidence in myself. And then the other aspect, I think I'm the shit. And it's just like this, they just yes. clash all the time. Yes. But I, I definitely want to bring down the side of myself that is ego 
because I think that is a barrier to being a great actor. So I'm, I'm trying to reduce that within myself. And then I go to work and play a character who does have a lot of ego. Yeah. So that's definitely highlighting a side of myself where I'm like, oh, this is something I'm trying to minimize and I have to go to work and I have to let it flow through me. And so that that's a battle that I'm kind of experiencing at the moment. And also the difference between quote unquote ego and confidence. Totally. You know, um, it's, it's interesting that, that you bring up ego for, for a very long time. I did not like my ego. I didn't want to have an ego. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I thought it was this thing that I needed to get rid of. And, and I, 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 I do trust and know that, that every single person has their own journey and process through this. I mean, conscious evolution, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I've been learning to almost befriend my ego in this way where it's, it's not something that I need to kill because a, it's never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. B it. And I think it's, you know, because we're raised in the society, correct? Where we're taught what's good. We're taught what's bad. Mm-hmm. And they're very clear black and white parameters in terms of morals and at least for me and my experience when I've bumped up against those morals that are labeled as one thing but I I start to find almost questionable Mm -hmm. you know in terms of like Marion Williamson um, who's now running for president? She she had this this beautiful poem that she wrote in Return to Love, um, and it's often attributed to Nelson Mandela, but he's not the one that wrote it. She 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 was, um, and she says it, it, it's not our dark. I'm paraphrase, paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. It's not our darkness we're most afraid of. It is our light. Mm-hmm. Were we not to say that we are brilliant, talented, and fabulous, and yeah, I just this idea of humility, this egoic idea, I think, of humility, where it's sure the ego hides, I think, in in the most unlikely places. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I think I have a handle on my ego and I know some shit, uh-huh. whoop, and I find that I know absolutely nothing. So which humbles you in itself. Yes, and also now makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Whereas I used to beat myself up and be like, oh, oh man, I'm not growing. I'm not doing yeah, yeah, any yeah, of this. Just getting to laugh and be like, oh, there it is again. <laughs> oh, there yeah. I am again. I, 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 guess, I guess for me, it's the thing of, you know, ego is one of these words where we all have slightly different interpretations mm-hmm, of it as well. Mm-hmm. So, so when I words. say that I'm trying to rid myself of my ego, that my ego is often tied to vanity. Mm. So my ego crops up. I'm at work and I'm I'm like, is this camera angle good for me? How do I look? 
No, it is. It's so. <laughs> and I'm so, not laughing. At no, 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 no. I that's just... fine. You can laugh at me if you want it. Um, but it is. It's so tied to uh, physical attributes, like. Okay, and, and I can understand. And I can understand that. So, so that's what I. And in fact, ego has very little other meaning to me. It, for some reason, ego in my head is about how do I look. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I totally understand what you're saying about that, that poem and not dimming your light, yeah, right? Yeah. To make, especially to f- make others feel comfortable yes. or anything like that. I, I, I don't feel like I, I do that. Um, but what I do definitely have is conscious of how I'm looking, how I'm being perceived. Mm-hmm. And it's that that I want to let go of. Okay. Because those are roadblocks those are barriers those are obstacles and why do you so why do i feel that way well yeah and and i definitely know that there's there's a balance where it's i definitely know when somebody is standing in my literal light Mm -hmm. and is casting an unlikable Mm -hmm. shadow and it's please can you just yeah there Mm -hmm. we go great Mm -hmm. thank you (laughs) um and like please don't shoot me from the side Mm -hmm. but also and so i i do completely understand what you're saying and i guess maybe i feel to a certain degree is that true heather um and i don't know like Like the difference to like care and not to care, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, um, and why one cares, the in, the, mm-hmm. the intention behind it, you know? So I'm curious as to, A, why you care mm-hmm. and where that comes from. Um, I care because, and this has never been put on me, it's a pressure I've put on myself from growing up watching TV, you uh-huh. think, oh, the people on TV tend to look a certain way. Mm. What if I don't look that way? And then on top of that, it's like, I'm playing a firefighter. So there's a certain aesthetic that yeah. people think firefighters have. Yeah. So it's like, I want to look big and strong, but I don't want to put on too much fat. And, you know, all these things go into it. And there's this this pressure to look a certain way. And I've never felt like I was that guy. Okay. Um, okay. Which is, which is, I spent, people tell me, (laughs) but I I just can't accept myself as being that guy. Um, And I think that we kind of, we all see ourselves as like our high school self, I believe anyway. Mm. Well, I certainly see myself as who I was in high school still, which was short, very, very short, shortest of all of my friends. I'm 6'2 now. I'm definitely not short, but in my head, I'm still very much the smallest of everyone I know, which makes no sense. Couldn't gain any weight. So I was very, very skinny, had really bad acne. And you know, this is from like 13 until really like my, some of those issues until my early to mid twenties. And those are such formative years that that they very much still dictate how I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and I just can't or haven't been able yet to shake those feelings and think 
they're going to figure this out that I'm not meant to be here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. 100%. Completely. Um, like you said that, you know, when you get a job, I'm like, I'm so ready. Yeah. I get a job and I think, oh, when are they going to work out? They've made a mistake. Uh, and and for me, I'm like, at least now mm -hmm. I'm conscious of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's hopefully on the path to getting over it and getting through it. Um, like I, I said to one of my uh, classmates during the second season, right? I was just going through a period where I was not feeling very confident. Um, and he's in his mid to late forties. And I said, I said, do you ever like, just feel like you're doing shit work? Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I just feel like I'm just not nailing this. He was like, no, like I don't ever feel like I'm, I'm turning up and I'm doing my job. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. When I was in my twenties, I felt like that. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm just, and so, so I'm learning that there is hopefully an end game for that and that I just have to keep showing up and keep yeah. doing the work because I, well, and that's the thing, right? So if I'm going to not feel confident, well then work harder and, and, and use it. Yeah. That would, that's that. Yeah. I, I think that is true, but, it, but I've certainly now taken it to just be like, well, if you're not feeling good about what you're doing, work harder until you do feel good about it and, and just, and channel that into a positive direction and and try and listen to the people around you that like nobody's saying that you're not doing a good job and yeah. um, i went into our, our, our showrunner uh during this period and i was like let me just ask you a question so like, yeah sure so love i have a really good relationship with tim Miner, and i was like am i just doing shit work at the moment i just don't feel good about it and he was like what and i <laughs> and i said just i just I don't feel great about what I'm doing. And, and, and there was actually a period. So very early on in our second season, when he pulled me into his office and he said, I feel like you're just pushing this aspect a little bit too hard. And I, I think you can just pull back on this. And it's like, I feel like you're almost trying too hard. And I, and I, I'm somebody that takes that kind of thing quite well. And I'm like, cool, thank you. I'd, ra I'd rather you tell me so I know, and, and we can, you know, calibrate it as we go. So I said this thing to him and he was like, you know, I'm not afraid of like telling you if there is something no mm -hmm. like just get out of your head i promise you it's it's great and yeah. and actually that was around the time that we'd just done this episode uh we'd gone to big bear to shoot it um it's the 13th episode of the second season it's one of my favorite episodes yeah. and i'm really it's bizarre to say it like there's very few things where i've come out and i've been like i'm so fucking proud of that and i was really proud of that episode and that was the episode where i was like nope just not nailing it so that is what I try and remember. I, I actually started doing this thing during the second season, which I think people at first think is quite damaging, mm. but it really helped me. Um, so we're in quite a unique situation on this show where we tend to be shooting and with it sometimes within like, I mean, it has been within four days, but within a few weeks it's on air. Um, you know, there have been ones where we've cut it really, really close. But so I kind of get this constant feedback because I can shoot something and then in less than a month's time, it's on. Yeah. So what I was doing is I was having these days at work and then I was going home and I was writing down everything I think I fucked up. Okay. Everything I didn't like about myself. Like, why did you do that weird, you know, look, your voice was, uh, did this weird noise and this, you, you, your voice wasn't strong, all these different things. Yeah. And then in three weeks time, it was on air and I would cross them out. No, nope, it was totally fine. No, nope, that didn't mean anything. 
Okay. No, that was in your head or you did it and they were very easily able to cut it out because you only did it on one take, whatever. But so I was able to go. So all these things that I'm coming home at night and beating myself up again yeah. about, I'm then watching and, and then it's not an issue. Like it's good work. Yeah. So next time I feel that way, I can refer back to my notes and go, no, you felt like that when you shot whatever episode six and you watched it, it was totally fine. So you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of finding these ways to keep me sane and to keep me going. Yeah. Um because I, I and and ones that I I need that specifically work for me. You know, I don't know if that would work for another person. Maybe it would maybe it wouldn't, but because I get this instant feedback because it airs so quickly, I'm I'm kind of able to do that. I mean that that is that is really unique. I was I was waiting for you to say that then you go on Twitter or whatever and see what other people say no. to see if yeah. if if like oh wow they saw it too or no they didn't see anything mm -hmm. you know um, yeah the the, the self criticism under the the guise of of and it, it sounds to me and like correct me if i'm wrong hmm. but the that you're able to have almost like a space in between like what you didn't feel comfortable with or something that like you didn't necessarily like or that you wish you could have done better and then getting to receive see the result and receive it you know that you're open to proving yourself wrong totally yeah as opposed to um, going out of your way to prove the worst thoughts about yourself mm -hmm. correct. No, no, no. I'm, you're right, which I guess is a much more positive way it's to do it. It's beautiful. Yeah. But no, no. I, I, yeah, that would certainly be a darker way to where it's like, I'm fucking this up. I'm going to watch this to prove to myself that I'm fucking up. No, I'm, I'm watching it to prove to myself. Get out of your own head. It's working out. It's fine. You're doing yeah. good work. Yeah. Just stop standing in your own way. Yeah, and but it, and that and that to me though is that it, so there's a the the difference between um, self condemnation mm -hmm. and that criticism because criticism can be incredibly beneficial. It's for and, sure in a constructive way. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always, always. Um, and so. You were working with Peter Krause, mm -hmm. Angela Bassett, mm -hmm. Connie Britton. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know what to ask or say about that other than, you know, I, I, I had read somewhere that the, the first little bit of time when you had first gotten this job, that it was almost like you didn't even know what to do with yourself in the presence of these individuals and then started to get more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, talk about imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. You're on set with these people yeah. and it's like, I'm not one of you. Like I know, like, you know, so yeah, those three in the first season and then the rest of the, you know, Ken Choi, Aisha yes. Hines, like all of them. Yeah. And now we have Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's like, hey guys, I'm, I'm, I'm here too. Like <laughs> just going to hang out. Uh, love your work. <laughs> no, it, 
that was a big thing for me going in. Yeah. Like, why me amongst these people? Mm. Why not? Um, I guess. But uh, but it was actually quite nice because the character at the begin- beginning of the show is very much the the rookie on the team yeah. that you know he's he's new to the firehouse so it was kind of that mirrored life that I, I was kind of there and i was the green one as well um but yeah i was certainly worried going into it when i got there like the, the, they are the best people they're, they're so lovely and there was never any sense once i'd arrived of we have done all of this and you have done nothing and and it was it, you know yeah. There was none of that. And, and you know, I have some of my best friends that I get to work with on that show now. And, and it's a complete joy. But yeah, 100% that's like that feeling like a fraud, feeling like I'm going to get found out was because I looked at the amazing, amazing talent around me and just felt like, how, how can I measure up to that? And But actually, you know, now it's it's... I look at it completely differently. I get to spend my time with these people and learn off them yes. and, and watch them work day in and day out and, yeah. and ask them things like Pete, uh, Pete Krauser in particular has, and him and Ken are real friends to me, but also in a sense, mentors, you Absolutely. know, like I ask Pete a lot of work related stuff and pre- like, should I do this press? And do you think this is, you know, and, and they're so open and, and they want to help me and, and they're very, honest and, and lovely in the sense that they're like listen at 27 we weren't doing what you're doing yeah. like we we weren't regulars on a show that has turned into you know something of a hit and like so you're ahead of where i was at 27 yeah and that's that's always a bit of a funny feeling for me because i'm like oh God, well, how, how do i make it last I, like how do i keep this moving forward and uh, but um no it's 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 a really lovely environment and it's, it feels like a very supportive environment um we, we get to have a lot of fun yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like I think being a real firefighter would be I mean being an actor in general is like this but no two days are the same yeah. and and you know we there are days when we're shooting it and we'll be shooting an emergency and it'll be like and it's hard to figure out sometimes and it's like but we've done this a hundred times now and it's like no we haven't because every emergency really is a whole different beast to to put together and shoot and and work out how to sell it and so it's just it's just interesting like it really is the most fun and and how so what are your typical hours do you guys like work 14 18 or is uh, the... so fox have a fox 14 so you okay. can't go above 14 hours okay um we work all days of the week like we, we work saturdays we work sundays yeah. um but with something that I find on this show that I've never, like I've always had good time on on jobs and, and there's this real feeling of family that we have with cast and crew. Yeah. Like there are good people. Yeah. So as hectic as it can be and, you know, you're, you're giving up your Sundays and whatever it is like, yeah. everybody's on board and everybody's like, but we're having a good time and, and, and it just makes such a difference because I feel like if you didn't have such a good group of people, it'd be a really hard show to make. Oh yeah. But it becomes so much more manageable when it's like, I can't wait to get back. Like we we just started back last week for the third season. Yeah. I couldn't wait to start back. It was like it felt like first day of school. Yeah. And and seeing everybody. And then by lunchtime of the first day, it felt like, you know, we were never away. Yeah. Um so so yeah, the 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 schedule is is pretty full on. But it's okay because it's where I'm having the best time. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. And and where So you just got back from hiatus. Hey, what did you do during your hiatus? I laid down a lot. Um <laughs> I spent a lot of time horizontal. Okay. Um I traveled a little bit. My my girlfriend, uh, her mum is in upstate New York. Okay. So we had gone to New York for a little bit of press and then we went upstate for a little bit. So that was nice. Um, I, I My parents came here, which oh, was really lovely. Because um, last time they came here, which was a couple of years ago, I was living in a studio. Okay. So it was like, we can't really hang out at my place because we've all got to sit on the bed. Yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> Um, but now I've, I've moved slightly further out and have a little house. It was like, oh, you can come and like hang out on mine and I can cook for you and, yeah. and I can host you. And that was the first time I've ever been able to do that. So that was really cool and, uh, made me feel very grown up. Um, so yeah, but I, I for the most part, I just took it easy. Um, I thought about working, but the right thing didn't come. Mm-hmm. And actually the way that we, you know, this show is very full on. So I think to be able to take those couple months, three months of, of just rest was actually really very necessary. Yeah. I, I, I could understand that mm. for sure. I mean, that your show is incredibly physically mm. demanding, you know, um, and also emotionally demanding, Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, for fuck's sakes, Sometimes just getting up out of bed when you don't have to carry like a 250 pound man, like on a mm-hmm. stretcher down narrow flights mm-hmm. of stairs. And we, and the thing about this show is, which I really love and respect about it, that we don't do anything by halves. Yeah. So I remember in the first season, we had this new first AD come in and we had to lower, we were on top of a garbage truck. And we had to have this guy on a backboard and lower him down. And this was his first AD's first episode. And he went, can I just make a suggestion? Why don't we just put the camera low and we just bring him in for the last couple of feet? And everybody was like, it's just not how we do it here. Like we, we do it, yeah. we do it and we show it in a yeah. wide that we're yeah. really doing it because that's what the DNA of the show is now. And yes. it makes a difference. Um, so yeah, we, we, we really get amongst it. Like I have to say from some work I did, where are we now, Monday, when uh, on Friday, over, so over this weekend, it's probably the first time that I've really like I've I've come away bruised and stuff, which is cool. It's part of it. This weekend I am like beaten up from some stuff I did on Friday. It was the first time where I was like, "Oh, that's really <laughs> really sore." Um, but it, I, I love it. So we have one of our stunt coordinators. We kind of cycle between two. This guy called Mark Vanslow. Here, uh, when we shot this roller coaster stuff in the first season, my leg was so bruised, yeah. and. Uh, I was kind of showing off, I guess. I would show him a picture of it, like, hey, look yeah. at these these hits I took. And he, he looked at me and he was like, yeah. I was like, no, I'm just showing. He was like, well, if you want to be an action star, you, you, you take some hits. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. So now I never complain about that stuff. If if it happens to me, I'm like, it's part of it, right? Yeah, like, but, I get but to I do can, this stuff. But I can understand, though, if it's your first time having that experience, that there is almost a joyous glee in terms of, holy cow, mm-hmm. look at what I can do. And not yeah, only yeah, yeah. look what I can do, look what my body can do. And I had no idea that I was capable totally. of doing something like that. And that is so exciting. Totally. Um, I mean, so this weekend, like, so, so yeah. what I'm aching from is like running through fire and, and having a woman on my back and literally sprinting with 
the the full uniform one, the, uh, a mask on, the helmet, the O2, the uh, breathing apparatus on my back, the tank, and then this woman over my shoulder and sprinting. And it was like, I did that. And and yeah. when we were talking about it, and our director was like, and Skylar, who's my stunt double, she said, you know, we'll run with the actual girl. And I was like, no, I, I can do that. Like, we don't need Skylar for that. Sit down. I, I tried to not let him work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have a good relationship in it. And where often it is like, he'll come in, he'll show me, he'll do it first. Yeah. He'll say like this bit, like say it's a rep- repelling down something or whatever. This bit felt a little bit dodgy or, uh, you know, this, this bit's easy though. You'll like this. And so he'll do it first. And then it's like, all right, I got it. Thanks. Sit down. But not always, you know, there are a few things he's had to do. Um, but yeah, the other day I was like, no, I can do that. And it's actually his fiance was the woman on my back. So, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a nice environment to get to test yourself. Yes. Like physically as, as well as mentally and as an actor, but to be like, yeah, I'll climb that. Yeah. I can rappel down that cliff oh, and, yeah. and, no, and do all these cool things. It's, I remember the, 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 I was 14. I was, I, I was doing this movie called all I want to do. And I had to fall through a ceiling mm-hmm. into like another. Um, and I, I remember having so much fun and, and I used to like, I still have like a, a permanent like internal scar in my head from there was a scene that was cut from welcome to the dollhouse where, um, Dawn is is being chased by her mom and she gets thrown on the couch and gets the shit mm-hmm. kicked out of her um and missed the missed the cushion part of the couch mm-hmm. but definitely got the metal part of the couch um and that to me is is getting to have those those experiences of it's 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 the best like it really is the best because it 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 places you at least in my experience in such a present moment totally such a present moment whereas me myself i might be terrified but there is um there is a version of quote unquote safety. I feel that that occurs when you are getting to inhabit another character. Um, and the, the, the willingness to, to try things that you otherwise wouldn't try. I, I feel like playing Buck on this show has made me braver. Yeah. Because I, I, I've got to experience these things and, and do it in an, an environment that, you know, is set up to be safe for yeah. you, to feel dangerous, yes. but it, that is actually safe. Absolutely. But, but you push yourself. I mean, and I I don't even know why I didn't, because it's the only time I ever felt like I might die, hmm. literally, was a scene where I, I my character ended up dying. Um, but I was hoisted 12 feet up in the air naked they just had ankle straps and you can see my feet are small (laughs) um and i was hanging upside down for 20 minutes at a time and i'm supposed to be moving violently Mm -hmm. trying to get off 
And at one point I started to feel my foot slip. Mm-hmm. Now you have to understand what's below me is tile and cement. Mm-hmm. There's no other, there's no safety, yeah. anything, but we're shooting in Prague. So all of the safety regulations mm-hmm. essentially yeah, go yeah, out yeah. the window. Um, and and that I think helped me because I literally thought like, oh fuck, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna my foot is slipping. My foot is slipping, and I don't. I can't. Mm, 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 I'm got nothing. I can't say anything. Yeah. Can't like my wiggle God. my ear. <laughs> um. And so th- th- there was like this change that happened where then the rest of that scene was almost like a, a blackout. Like there was like a switch that happened and I barely remembered the rest of it, but it, it, it was something that I'm, I'm, I would never do it again mm-hmm. in the sense of, I think that the, the movie just, there's no reason the movie needs to be in existence, no. oh, period. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also it, it, it when you're given the the opportunity, I feel to to test your limits as n- not just a physical being, an emotional being, a mental being, but all oh, three at the same time. Yeah, it's there's it's it's a it's a there's a unity that happens yeah. that I think is 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 potentially life changing and illuminating and incredible. Absolutely, um, and I just I have such. Like in this particular job, it makes me respect more and more the guys that do this for real. Mm-hmm. Like that aren't doing it with the stunt coordinator, making sure that you're properly rigged up and everything's tied in. Yeah. But like people do this for real and they go into these situations and they do it to save somebody else's life. Yeah. So it, it just makes me respect more and more Yeah. the, the thing that I'm portraying and trying to honor and uh it's very humbling but exhilarating at the same time yeah so so i feel it's like crazy to me to think wow we just started again so we've got another whatever it is this season 18 episodes at least to, to like go through that all again and, oh. and, and it's got to the point now as yeah. well where those stunt coordinators are like oh yeah we go into meetings and we're like yeah we can put oliver up there yeah we can we can throw oliver into this and 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 that's like so exciting for me like these first three episodes that we're shooting are huge like it really blows my mind sometimes on the show like the scale of the things that they're able to pull off and there's a lot of water involved in this opening that we're doing and they're like yeah we can dump as much water as we want on over. like he's good he can take it yeah. and it's like yeah put me in there like put me amongst it because as you say it takes away this element of like acting yes it's, it's, you can't not be present because it's happening to you yes. for real your reactions to yes. it are real there's no like so we did this big earthquake thing last year and um we had these huge sets and they would be it could tilt them to 30 degrees so there was no like oh i'm sliding like oh i'm uh, it's like no you're sliding i can't stand like yeah. 30 degrees doesn't even sound like that much but it's like no you can't stand up yeah so it's not like trying to work out where we put into like the actional lines, like where you fall a little bit or whatever. It's like, just play the scene, you'll fall. Yes. And you'll have to react to it. Yes. You'll have to continue. Yes. And that's so liberating to get to 
play through a scene like that because it just takes out this whole level of pretending. Yeah. And it just becomes a real situation for you. So, uh, yeah, the, the kind of more lifelike they make these situations, the better as far as yeah. I'm concerned. That's, I mean, I'd, I'm, I'm very excited to see what you get to do this season. Like, I, I, I really am. And, and so then what is it, if you were to be able to sit here and say, what is, what is something that you would desire to do, like, within the next year? Like, what, what kind of project, what kind of role, what kind of, who would you want to work with? So I have always had this dream right of it's not it's not the coolest thing to say but um i really want to do a sports movie okay like i th and i think that stems back to having always wanted to be an athlete yeah and then realizing that i'm not gonna score i'm gonna make this american score the winning touchdown in the super bowl yeah really i wanted to say like score the winning goal in the fa cup final back then. okay but, but I figured, you know, um, I don't know if you're a soccer fan. Listen, but, uh, I, I love soccer. I played soccer. Oh, okay, cool. Up. Yeah. Okay. I, I forget now that it is over here. Yeah. Because like when I was younger, it seemed like, oh no, America doesn't know. Like I have yeah. to call it soccer, but it doesn't know anything about football. Football. And, yeah, yes. But so I forget now that it is part of the culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so realizing that I'm never going to have that moment in real life. So I've kind of always wanted to do a movie where I get to live that out anyway. And then right. I can just watch it back on repeat and be like, oh, yeah. So and, and I just, when I break that down, like, why do I want to do that? Yeah. And, and what is that moment that I picture in my head? And it tends to be always about underdog stories. Yes. Which yes, is, which yes. is, I know slightly weird for me because I'm, I'm not. Like in, in the society we live in, I'm not an underdog, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a straight white male. Like I'm, I'm not an underdog. That's but very attractive. In my head, I feel like one, which yes. I feel like is the better way to be at least. Um, and I'm conscious of the fact that I'm not, but at least I'm not walking around thinking I'm not, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So as much as I do feel like that and I feel like I'm finding my way and I just feel like sport which has always been a huge huge passion for me mm -hmm. kind of is is a chance to just explore that in such a way of like like i've never not cried at a sports montage like end of the olympics and why is that and it's because i think about these people that have like committed they've put their lives they've trained every single day and then you see them crossing that finish line and like the relief the elation on their face of like i did it like even now this is so, I like goosebumps because it is just this thing of like when you, because acting is different, right? You can work the hardest and not necessarily reach the top. Mm -hmm. As an athlete, sure, there are other things that play genetics and all this stuff. And, but if you outwork everybody, mm -hmm. you have every chance of being the best. And there's something about that straight line that I love that like you can't stop me like i can work harder than you i can work longer than you i will go further than you because of it whereas acting that it doesn't really have that formula i don't know that i but but i feel like it's it's then also there's not i mean yes there's a business side to everything mm -hmm. but there's but the business 
I mean, I actually don't know why, because I'm thinking that the intention and the reason behind things, right? Whether it's like, I don't know how many athletes are like, I mean, but maybe they are just thinking of like the cover of a Wheaties box or what it is that they want, what it is that mm -hmm. they want to achieve, right? I think that in this business, I've seen people make it to the quote unquote proverbial top mm -hmm. that I'm like, Exactly. How did you do that? But the same could be said for when you're watching a sport, when you're watching, I'm, I'm thinking of the Minnesota Vikings game, um, not from last year, but the year before, where it was just last like 10 seconds of the game and it just a fucking rocket is launched mm -hmm. and oh my god the 50 the 40 the 30 the 20 mm -hmm. the 10 it's a touchdown uh -huh. what are you talking about that's amazing you know and so many other things could have gone wrong uh -huh. just as so many things can go wrong in whatever thing so i i i don't know if it's ever a straight line i sure but a but 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 a straight line in the sense of if as an athlete mm -hmm. you work the uh -huh. hardest mm -hmm. you recover the hardest uh -huh. you dedicate yourself mm -hmm. you will get better yes. right if if yes. if, yes. if i train harder than you uh-huh all other things being equal then you should be the better athlete, which doesn't mean that you're going to reach the top because, as you say, there are a lot yeah. of things. At yeah, play, yeah. But you sh you will become a better athlete. Yes. Whereas yes, and because of that, you're right. There are many other things to consider, but I feel like it. It is a you know. All right. So look at if we think about individual sports. Yes. So as a tennis player or whatever. Yes. But and those other things are just are the it's going to hit the net and is it going to drop down on this side or that side? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But so you work hard to mitigate those things. Right? But I, okay. I, I, I do understand what you're saying though now in a, in a bigger way, especially in terms of consistency. Exactly. Whereas yeah. if I, if I work my hardest as an actor, I'm not necessarily going to get that role because it might not be the role for me. And yes, that, but that, absolutely. and that, and whoever did get that role because of that role, that yes. might have put them on the map for this role. Yes, 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 yes. And so they might, yes. you know, so so yes. the hard work doesn't necessarily equal getting the job in acting. Yes, yes, yes. And also, the, the, yeah, no, I, I, I do understand what you're saying within that. And part of me is like, I want you to come back just so we can continue <laughs> this part of the conversation, which is fascinating. Um, okay. Oliver Stark, I'm I'm so grateful that that you um, took time out of your life and to to thank come you. sit here and and thank you so much and for everyone listening watching um, how may they follow you how may they get to be in your business via uh, social media yeah and if you have anything to promote plug. I, I'm on, well, gosh, on, on the Twitter and the Instagram. I am at Oliver Stark, S-T-A-R-K-K, because -K, somebody had it with just one K. He never tweets, but whatever. That's a whole nother thing. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm just working on the third season of Now and One, um, which starts airing September 23rd. So tune in if you like and see Yay! what we have for you. Yeah, yeah thank you for tune having me. Tune in. Tune in for sure. I mean, the stuff between you and Connie Britton. 
She's not on the show anymore. Wait. She left at the end of the first season. Wait yeah. a second. Yeah. But wait, 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 wait. But you, okay. So this is where my mind okay. gets, I watch too much, A. Um, and I'm like, we're going to cut this out because I fucked up. <laughs> no, because, you did it. Because you guys did have a romantic relationship yeah, on season. that show. Yes, she yes, plays yes. the dispatcher, right? Yes. Okay. And then yeah. at the end of the first season, she leaves. Okay. And Jennifer replaces her. Okay. As my sister. Okay, okay, okay. But it's I, okay. I, for fuck's sakes, forgive me. I, there's nothing to forgive. <laughs> there's nothing to forgive. It's totally okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna end this here so it doesn't end up becoming more of a disaster. But even more in my mouth. Thank you again. from Oliver North. <laughs> yes, yes, Oliver North. Thank you for coming, head of the NRA. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs>